Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack. And this week's episode is a fast-paced chat with Marco Valadi, editor-in-chief of Apartamento magazine. I met him when I was over in Berlin last week giving a talk at Soho House. He came over and introduced himself, so we agreed to meet up the following day for a bit of a recorded chat. Soho House had been very generous and given me an enormous room right at the top of the hotel, so we had an incongruously luxurious setting for our little chat about independent publishing. Apartamento, of course, is one of those independent magazines that has achieved really widespread recognition. They launched in 2007, and it was really interesting to hear Marco reflecting on 20 biannual issues published over 10 years, and speaking not just about their own renewed commitment to the magazine, but also the technological and cultural forces that he sees as having helped to influence independent publishing over that time. Like all the best interviewees on this podcast, Marco was brilliantly open and honest, and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. Just a quick warning though, I can't imagine there are too many families that settle down to listen to this together, but Marco's energy and enthusiasm does sometimes spill over into being a bit sweary, so this one probably isn't ideal to listen to with small children. Okay, assuming we now only have consenting adult ears remaining... Here is Marco Valadi from Apartamento. Okay, so I'm here with Marco Valadi, editor-in-chief of Apartamento. Marco, welcome to the stupidly big room. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> welcome to Berlin. <laughs> Sounds um, appropriate. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 We, well. um, so we met last night at yeah. the uh, talk that was um, going on here. And you just kind of came over and introduced yourself and you're like, oh, hey, I'm Marco from Apartamento. Yep. That's very good of you. It's very nice. Well, that's, I mean, I guess it's normal, you know, when you see people from the same world kind of like coming together, I think it's nice. I mean, there was Mark from the Eurythmy as well um, and a few other people, the Berlin Quarterly. And, you know, and I think it's nice that when these kind of events happens, if you have a chance, it's good to introduce yourself. I mean, Absolutely, uh, yeah. We all hide behind the computer anyway. Like you said yesterday, you know, like technology, it's like the first mean of content or work so sometimes real life is good absolutely and this is a big time for you now because so you've got issue 20 out yep so yep. that's 10 years it's 10 years we're starting i mean it's interesting because i mean this whole anniversary thing it's a game um and and you start realizing with the closer you get and well actually we're so bad at it that we actually just get to it and then realize we have the anniversary <laughs> um but we do have um plans for you know i guess 2018 is the real 10 anniversary now we're starting with issue 20 which is a significant uh, issue for us um it's also like a, a new shift because we you know we're now very focused on the magazines you know we all had you know and we still are working on our own on the side of things um but we joined more forces in the summer we also have an, like a sort of agency i would say behind um, which is also geared to produce more things for Pertamento. We have books, um, just came out. Um, we have plans for more books. And we also think, you know, doing something for the 10 years. There will be probably a book, um, a, a bigger book, you know, like uh, almost like the joke of Apartamento, the coffee table book <laughs> coming out. Um, I would say second half of next year. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's a long anniversary, put it this way. Uh, you're, you're making the most of it. You're, well, you're well, basically, it I think the end will be the most of it. And the beginning is more like, you know, we're just telling people uh, that there is an anniversary. Uh, all right. Let's take all of this back just in case there's anyone out there who's listening to this and scratching their heads saying, what is this Apartamento thing? Tell us about the magazine. 
Well, the magazine is a um, sort of a, it's a small format biannual uh, magazine in, in English and we publish twice a year. Um, we kind of rotate around um, the sort of interior design world, even though we're much broader than that. I think Infartimento is a magazine about people uh, and then interiors are a mean of expression of people. Um, and so it's it's an hybrid, I, I would put it. like. Uh, and, and for us, we started um, 10 years ago, as we just said, uh, first issue was April 2008, um, very naively, uh, like I would say in many, many people do, you know, uh, no business plan. Um, and we were lucky with, you know, the possibility to get an audience and people reacting to what we were doing. And, uh, you know, somehow, like we talked last night, distribution was not easy in the beginning, but it was something that we grasped uh, quite quickly um, through the help of people and through the help of, like, you know, our own intuitions. Um, and, and that's where we are today. I mean, like uh, actually, yeah, 10 years. Uh, it feels quite old, but it's nothing compared to many other things and, and, and publishing. Right. But exactly. it's a very healthy moment, I think, for, for certain titles. I would say that it's not the easiest uh, times, like you said, uh, for paper, uh, but for a certain amount of titles and specifically people that maybe started within the last 10 to five years. Um, it's, it's a good moment. I mean, I, it's funny enough, I, I always make this reference recently that the iPhone is 10 years old and we are 10 years old and, and so it's, somehow it's a generational shift of something that started 10 years ago and now we start seeing the first um, global uh, mainstream results. Apartamento to me is even sometimes a bit more mainstream than I would have imagined would become uh, for the reach he has, not because of the content. Uh, so so back, back in those like the, those first days then, yeah. when you first had this idea to make a print magazine, yeah. why make a print magazine? I mean, the, the, there were, you know, well, it's the, something that lots of people are doing now, but there were far fewer people doing it when you started. I think that there was a moment in, you know, let's also introduce the fact that I have two partners, Omar and Nacho, and um, Omar and Nacho are based in Bar- we're based in Barcelona. Now Omar is in New York, but we they sort of came up with the idea of like, okay, let's sort of uh, you know work on a title, focus on interiors. I met Nacho throughout this sort of uh, beginning when they were still researching and everything, and we kind of came together to sort of create and craft the first issue um, with different skills. Uh, and the different skills were Omar was an art director making magazines like Metal, or he was a partner at Folk Studio at the time. Um, Nacho was a photographer making his own fanzines. I was working with Neves Books in Switzerland. Um, so we all had experiences. And I think there was a, a, se- um, a sort of, a, I would say, a new phase because there's been many phases in print or DIY printing um, of like fanzine and artist books. Um, the, the first New York uh, printed matter art book fair was in 2007. And I was there with, uh, with Neves on the stand. And so there was a huge vibe of, of, and revival of printed matter. Um, I think we were the, sort of the first one to, or some of the first ones, I wouldn't say the first ones, to focus on something um, so, um, you know, specific, you know, and, and we were not even that specific because if you look at Apartamento, we said interiors, but interiors, we try to do food, we try to do plants, we try to do many things. And then today you see, I don't know, 10 magazines on plants, 10 magazines on food or whatever. And funny enough, there's not so many on interiors. There's like some on design. I think it's, it's, it's such a also broad spectrum and in a way we we managed to sort of like create our own world that people refer to that it's maybe not the easiest to to sort of get into it but we i think it was a moment referring to what you say that there was a vibe there was a lot of people working with uh, fanzines with artist books and 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 it was getting cheaper to print again because the printers were like getting bankrupt and people were like fuck you know i cannot just have this, you know, high minimum. I can also print, you know, 5,000 copies to start with. And that was what allowed us. And there was Skype as well. 
which you know you know is not sponsoring us by the way <laughs> it's not a sponsored post but um, Skype allowed us to to do the, the magazine I mean I never met Omar uh, until the release in Milan uh, of the magazine we only Skype because there was no money to travel from Milan to Barcelona and there was no funds uh, so that was it you know like uh, so I think technology, and so it was, when I mentioned the iPhone before, the start of new communication tools and communication means, the internet getting faster, um, and the fact that there was a revival in people like really uh, being able to print because it was getting cheaper to do that. I think that was the, the moment. And we were lucky as well, you know. It's not just being good at it, you know. Like, I think we could have done a shit magazine and like <laughs> been forgotten, and, and that's it, you know, and it's life. And, and this, so this technology, um, this technology enabling uh, independent print is something that we've just seen accelerating and, and, and growing and growing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That brings its own problem in that now there are way more people making their independent magazines, but there are still the same number of shops. So actually, that's not quite true. There are more shops, but there are not enough new shops selling these magazines. So yeah. what have you seen over the last 10 years in terms of uh, I guess like advantages for you but also challenges you've come across along the way in terms of distribution or in terms of like well I think in general the other thing that happened in, in 2008 or that period of time that was already started and there was like the new generation of like concept stores so the new Colette's or the new Corso Como which were the beginners of like you know like Colette is 10, 20 years in fact this year so, so really? wow. yeah and they're closing which is interesting because they're I closing. think yeah they're closing in December now because I think that it's interesting that I think that's a cycle also for them, you know, like they created something and they developed it, they, 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 they expanded it. And I think it's interesting that they made this bold choice because everybody now has a concept store. Everything mm. is a fucking concept store. Sorry, <laughs> my term, maybe uh, there's child in this, uh, listening to this, but um, children, not child, that's my Italian English mixing. But anyway, um, so what I think it's interesting, these new concept store were flourishing, which had like a few niche magazines, a few clothes, a few candles, a few this and this and that. And they also helped us in, in the very beginning, because if you think about the typical news agent distribution system, it was impossible to get in. I mean, when we had distribution system through like, you know, the classic standard distribution. And when I would go to Milan uh, to like the Rizzoli or Mondadori, whatever, I would see the magazine Appartamento not anywhere close to international magazine, neither fashion, nothing. It was next to the mini magazine because of the size. So I was next to the mini Hell Italia and next to the Glamour Italia, all the mini sizes because of course we were small. So the shopkeeper were like, they're a small magazine, they must fit with the small magazine, it must be a reduced version of something else. And it was hilarious, you know, like to find this. Maybe that helped us selling, you know, to a different audience, I don't know. but. That shows you the challenges, how you, you know, find it. Getting into, you know, airports costs money. Uh, getting into lounges costs money. Getting into all of these, you know, costs a lot of money. And, you know, we were not focused on advertising and nobody is in the very beginning if you have a good product because unless you really, you know, um, are focused on that and that's your achievement, you know, making money out of it. You know, for us, it was more like a spin-off on, on, of curiosity of our own feelings and what we wanted to express in the network of people we had around us. So... In that sense, it's changed. There's more of these stores and more people are aware of this. The internet has facilitated. Instagram has um, facilitated to the maximum. Uh, Facebook, you can reach, you can create events, invite people. Um, as you can see, I think today, like for example, um, I, I, I quote, uh, I think repost a magazine. And for example, I, I don't know Danielle uh, personally, but I think she does a very interesting um, magazine. But what she does more interesting is that she's created a community um, around it in London. She does like, uh, I think recently she's a wine tasting or she's been doing like all they kinds of things. And, and I, th and I yeah. think that's the real life context is what makes printed matter alive and what creates your community. 
and the distribution will happen and people will buy directly if they like it or not but i think the model now is shifting in the sense also all these Instagram is like overwhelming. Um, anyway, people they want to find it, they find it. But you know, how to reach people is like to get in touch and create communities around the world. And we were good at that. And also, that was one of the levels we did it. In, we did dinners where we cooked in New York, in Tokyo, in in Milan. Um, we did kind of events and stuff, and and we still do sometimes. But the problem for us now is that the size is grown uh, in the sense that if we do something and it's like uh, open. Um, you know, suddenly there's like 500 people and, and it becomes way out of control and then suddenly there's no even more personal relationship because you kind of tend to not be able to talk to everyone. So it's also tricky uh, for us. But I think there's more means today to distribution and I think today with the rise of Amazon Prime and right. drone delivery or, or Stack Magazine or whatever, subscription is I think is, or is one of the key elements to be able to get to people even in far off places because the internet is a facilitator but you still need to be able to like get there and and I think it's going to be mostly online sales and, and, uh, and so I, I keep hearing that Amazon apparently are getting more interested in subscriptions mm -hmm. and like you know recurring revenue models and stuff I mean yeah. that could potentially be transformational for a magazine like yours it could be I mean they do stuff in, in America quite often like they work quite well with that I, I don't know in Europe because it's so fragmented between the countries and the shipping and and everything but and I think it could be interesting it's it's also scary I mean I also think because you suddenly lose touch with it mm -hmm. I mean like uh, quite quickly so um, I mean it's positive in the sense that it can let people like us make a business and thrive out of their own business um, just by selling magazines which is very good because it doesn't make you compromise by having advertisers that don't really you know fully believe in you but they do it because of the transaction I mean we all know that advertising is about um, you know giving something back at some point nobody's going to give you money for free um, so the good way is to be able to like find your compromise and make sure that you don't give in, you know, and, and we manage because we're not a fashion magazine, for example, so we don't have to show any clothes and we still do have fashion advertising. So it's taken 10 years to get it. But slowly, I think that's going to eventually like grow or, you know, help us grow. But I think the key is the readers, I mean, because also these brands and these advertisers, whoever wants to reach these people that are generally interested in the magazine. And I think that's how, you know, we need to grow selling directly and distribution, taking it more into control and not allowing people just to throw magazines at the end. So much waste as well. Oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah. So the Amazon thing could be helpful. I don't know yet because I think they haven't really made an offer like to specifically to our industry. Like, well, it's uh, all just whispers and kind of, you know, like people will talk I don't know. about it. I'm sure there will be like uh, new models, but I think they're also like uh, new independent distributors, which is also interesting. Like I was mentioning Antenna before, you're a sort of distributor, even though you're, you know, like an hybrid as well. Like mm. uh, you're more like a. Um, an initiator um, right. to the culture of magazine, right. you know, like, uh, and that's also useful. I think that's a position somebody needs to fill. Um, it's the same as the shopkeeper being able to recommend something or, you know, or the restaurant say, hey, try this dish or try that. So I think it's, it's super important uh, to have that level of understanding and be able to speak to a wide audience that might not know your magazine. And, yeah. You know. Well, I, mean, I think that the, the main, so the way I see it, the main problem that independent magazines generally have it's just that people don't know that they exist. I mean, the you know a, a magazine like yours is is brilliantly exposed. Yeah, but we're still not very much well known. In right, many, exactly. You know, when I tell people, some people are like, okay, cool, you know, and they still think we come out every month. Yeah, you know, like I mean, and so, and and going back to the you know even the industry you have to relate to because once you have a magazine. Um, I mean, beside the fact that many people start a magazine because it's a connection to the industry they want to work with, you know, or they're already working with, and that's a classic, you know, model. Um, the thing is that I still get emails from people like, 
trying to like uh, oh um, can you put like our own fireplace into the October issue with really? the chimney reviews and I'm like oh whatever like a uh, fireplace I'm like what you know <laughs> like uh, so just to give you an idea even people within the sort of the design world or yeah. industry that supposedly should know the few titles that exist they still don't get it yeah I mean and, I, and now I'm, I'm like of course making an extreme case you know but so we're also not that well known I mean we're lucky enough to be able to have a a consistent product um, that people can refer to um, mm. which is also the, the tricky part I think when you make magazines after a while you you suddenly feel like you have to um, you know how can you change within not change why you know without changing because yeah. the readers keeps coming back for what you you know given them you know and they want that more and more and more uh, some will go away and you'll get new ones but how do you eventually also evolve within that I'm sure with you is the similar thing how do you keep the interest going the consistency of, of you know your services and and and, and still grow right and potentially become bigger as a company as well I mean, for, for us the the main thing is surprise we've, we've yeah. got to keep surprising people and I'd say that for you it's actually the opposite the, so you, you've, you've got it's a new... tricky though because we have to keep surprising people otherwise they don't come back you know? right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. so, so I, I was taking a look at your website this morning, so you've got a new um, yep. site. I guess yep. to coincide with the, the with issue, anniversary, yeah. Issues. We decided we're more focused, hopefully. <laughs> and you you scroll down on the those covers, like twenty covers, yeah. dating back ten years, and it is extraordinary how you've managed to keep this consistency going. You know, like there'll be illustration comes in a couple of times, yep. but you know the masthead, the 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 whole cover treatment. I mean, w when you were making that ten years ago, I guess you can't possibly think let's make something timeless so we can still be doing this in ten years. Uh, I have to say that um, probably Omar um, had a very. I mean, Omar. I, I think it, and Nacho as well. I mean. I consider myself more sometimes more the business side of things even though you know we're all kind of you mentioned something last night that people share titles and in a way i think we all share the same title you know omar and nacho are both editor-in-chief um we all are directors and we all publishers and in a way i think that's the beauty of it because we also and we live in different cities now so we can create so much exchange um, with that um <clears throat> but i think that omar probably graphically had a very strong vision and i think that's what paid off um in the long term um, I mean, it was very probably simple and straightforward, but that's, I think, sometimes the best thing that you can get uh, and that can keep you going. In terms of covers and illustration choices, I think for us it's very important not to, you know, it, there's always debate, do we put people, do we don't put people? In the issue 20, we didn't put any people. I mean, there's a cat in the corner there, but um, <laughs> but still, I think that, that for us it was also going back to certain idea of what apartmentos stand for um, and, and not necessarily the messy dirty place but more like sort of like a rough edge to things not necessarily everything polished even though we had very polished covers and we have very polished interiors sometimes um, because you know you know we grew over time but then you know the format stays the same and, and we've been able to like identify with that and we don't even have an editor letter you know like uh, we had it in this issue 20 and we had a very brief note um, in issue um, for in the first issue just to sort of like say hey we're here um, but I think it's also important because we don't put ourselves first um, to say, hey, you know, we're cool, we're great, our contributors are famous people. doesn't matter. If you know them, you know them. If you don't know them, you don't know them. And I think that's also like one of the things, uh, being, um, how do you say, modest about it, um, even though we are not sometimes, you know, you know, we, you know, you have to find a balance and making mistakes. I mean, as I told you, we made so many mistakes. We tried even issue one, if you look at it, we even had a, um, a section called Bazaar with like pictures from the internet where we had prices of <laughs> objects because we thought it could be interesting to attract advertisers. And, you know, we we're so naive about it. But anyway, like after issue two, I think the second issue was the same, but illustrated because like, let's try to make it cooler because we couldn't get extra pictures, you know, because yeah. we saw last minute. And then issue two was like, fuck it. You know, like, <laughs> this bullshit, you know, like, why are we doing this? And so you see, 
but it's 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 learning you know and we constantly improve i mean uh illustrations become an important side of the magazine you know having a section on architecture um you know having portfolios or being able to work like uh, now our front section is fully illustrated so it's like <clears throat> we've been trying a lot of things and, and and i think it's important uh and i mean we get inspired also by other magazines it's not that we are only self-contained, self—you know, like glorified ourselves. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, hearing you talk about that is very similar to um, so Penny and Veronica on the Gentleman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will talk about the way that they've never had a redesign. But, you know, there's never been a moment where it's like, okay, let's do the new type of it. But actually, yeah. every issue is just changing Something. little bits as you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, in fact, I I think that. Um, for example, I think when the Fantastic Man changed the the cover design, I think I don't know about Garrett and Yop now they might kill me like uh, if they hear me, but I think that that wasn't very successful. I think it was good when it, you know to just keep it the same, and I think because as people want they want consistency. But I'm sure that at some point you also want to try something, you know, you want to change. Once they had a Chinese uh, insert and stuff, and I'm sure it's super interesting to do these kind of things. We had Japanese inserts at, at some point in the very beginning because we had the Japanese client that was crazy about it and paid for it, and why not? Why not try? We had supplements and, and things. And it's, it's really important to constantly do that. Now, for example, we have text on the spine. I don't think we'll be able to like top it off after Lawrence Wiener um, in, on, the, on the spine, but that opens a question. What do we do next? You know, um, issue 20, you know, like we've done 17 because the first three are, you know, just normal, like uh, issue three, one, two, three, whatever. So, but that's an interesting challenge. I think, you know, uh, we'll be able to come up with something interesting. and, and if not, we'll keep evolving, you know, and, and, and it's super important. The same with the distribution. Seriously, we changed so many times and, uh, and we managed to keep it to ourselves, um, like a good chunk of it, which I think is super important. Like, do you read me? We sell direct and a few key stores. Um, and and, and I, I think we'll develop it more, working with people maybe like Antenna or, you know, more subscription levels, like where we can actually create something consistent and like deliver something, you know, because distribution is like rubbish today and I mean I'm sorry my probably my expert press distributor will be like what is he talking about but it's rubbish I mean there's no guarantee you just throw it out in the wind and you hope that somebody will get the magazine it's it's bullshit you know like uh, with so much things that goes out you need to be able to get results and be focused uh, and the model is dead uh, yeah. so that's why I was asking you if you're interested in like in developing more subscription consistent subscription level because I think it's super you know, important uh, to develop these kind of things. Anyway, I'm talking too much, maybe. You're like, not talking uh, too much. That's exactly what you're here for. This is well, I'm just reading a script, by the way. You know, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's all fake, you know. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> so you've got the, the three of you guys. <clears throat> you've got this kind of, you're, you're putting a, a bit more time into the, the magazine mm-hmm. now. You've got kind of like renewed focus on it. Yeah. What is the thing that you are looking forward to doing the most that you haven't been able to do or haven't thought of doing up until now? Well, there's a few things like exactly podcasts. I think something that we would like to. I mean, it's so nice to see pictures and read text, but it's so nice to hear voices and, and people and feel like their accent, their expressions there. It makes it even more real. And I think what you're doing with the podcast is great. And we would like to. We don't know yet what's our formula. We started doing videos. We have one now on the cover girl, Maria Prats. Um, we did the series with Nowness at some point, and there was a bit of a mismatch there in, of intentions, and we get out of it. Um, but I think in general, like uh, creating more content is very important for us. Uh, being able to like develop, but not so much only for the readers, for ourselves. I think it's like, uh, you know, we're curious and we're still like, you know, sometimes we don't get enough people that we want. We, we end up like 
having to focus on key cities like in New York, London, or places. And I think it's important to further expand that. And I think one of the major things that we want to do by being more focused on it is like to develop that more extensively because I think there's so much to be stories to be told and and so many interesting people to meet. So. You know, but it takes time. You know, as I said, you know, we still self-funded the magazine. None of us gets, you know, a salary out of it. And we only do site consultancies to be able to to bring it to the end. But I think that's, you know, our objective. Eventually, one day, something even in real life, you know, where it becomes like a... I mean, I think it's nice that or, you know, or you with the awards are, are able to do like, you know, events or pro- moments where people come together. It's not easy in Barcelona or, or we used to be in Milan or like I think cities like London or New York definitely give you an audience like this, you know. Um, so it's a bit easier in that sense. And I think London is probably the biggest single uh, city market that we have, you know, in, in, in all of Europe. Uh, um, but, but it could be interesting to try to do something. I mean, we have ideas and, and books. I think for us, books is like I think it's a stupid business. If you think about it, even more stupid than magazine because it's really like expensive. Uh, we just did a book now called Berlin Living Rooms, which is a series of uh, three books. They were two were published, one in ninety late nineties, one in early mid two thousand, and then we just published one as a photographer from New York called Dominique Nabokov. Um, anyway, but you realize you say, okay, let's do a book, and then shit, it's fancy. We have to sell it. You know, we have to distribute it. It's not the same distribution network at all. Um, shops will not take it unless it's consignment because books are harder to sell. So it's tough, but I think it's again. Um, you know, we, we definitely think that there's a space there. I mean, what else is there? I mean, there's a lot of young publishers, but um, and very consistent things in photography and art and like. Uh, but who's the next Fiden? You know, who's who's doing the the new designers? Who's doing the young chefs or things like that? So I think there's a gap there. You know, um, and I mean, and I work with Fiden and I love Fiden. I respect them so much for the books they do, um, but. I just think it's important to also find a new audience uh, for this. And maybe that's a market for us and for other people. I mean, I'm not saying that we're going to be uh, the first one. I'm sure there's interesting people that I don't know about it right now. Um, so I think these are the things we look forward to the, the future. And and doing this book on the 10 years, which, you know, I think hopefully it will be done soon, but it could take long because, you know, we might not self-publish it because it's too big for us to handle. <clears throat> but I think that will be interesting. Also, just to reflect on on the past looking at the future because we're not dead i mean that's the thing you know when you say <laughs> 10 years people are like shit is it the 10 years you're dead now like are yeah. you celebrating like you know like uh, rest in peace yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so we have to say the first 10 years you know like pretending there will be another 10 another 20 you know it's not like, a headstone it's not no it's but not it's interesting end. when you put like dates suddenly like it's like you know a rest in peace moment you're like you know <laughs> apartamento you know like uh, so i don't know i would say the first 10 years and the next 10 so uh, nice. let's see right well look congratulations on 10 years Thanks. I'm looking forward to seeing this next 10 and um, we'll meet again in this big room like, let, let's do it yeah. we'll be old men yeah very old <laughs> well we'll mug it up here anyway you know like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much bye Okay, that's all for this week. You heard it here first. Apartamento magazine is not dead. I'm really looking forward to seeing what these extended 10th anniversary celebrations will bring next year. And of course, I'm looking forward to seeing another decade of this brilliant magazine. If you enjoyed this conversation, you can hear lots of other independent magazine makers talking about the things that they do. Just search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts and have a look through the episodes there to see your favourite magazine makers. And if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver next week's episode as soon as it's ready. 
And if you're feeling really generous, it would be amazing if you could rate us too. Positive reviews really help other people to find the podcast. And of course, we want to spread the word of independent magazines as far as we can. Okay, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back with another episode next week.